0: Hi everyone and welcome to Elite Rugby SNC podcast. First off, if you haven't already, sign up and join Elite Rugby SNC today. We provide you all your strength, conditioning, speed, and recovery needs. You can try before you buy, so try our seven day seven dollar trial to get a taste of what we offer here at Elite Rugby SNC. Sign up to our newsletter and receive free bonus content each and every single week. So take your game to the next level, become a beast and join Elite Rugby SNC today. Today I'm joined by special guest Tane Edmund. Tain plays fly half for the Waratahs in the Super Rugby competition. Tain made his debut last year against the Reds and has recently been selected in the Australia A squad to play in the 2022 Pacific Nations Cup. In this episode, Tain speaks about his breakout season this year in Super Rugby, the importance of strength and conditioning which allowed him to become the Super Rugby athlete he is today. Tane provides a great insight into the Rugby Academy system and provides great tips on goal kicking. This was a great episode and I appreciate Tane taking time out to speak with me today. I know all listeners will get a lot out of this episode. Enjoy! So, G'day Tane, how are you?
1: I'm very well, good to be here. That's good.
0: Thanks for, for joining on. It's, um, it's been awesome to see you play Super Rugby this year. So how's the body feeling after the Super Rugby season?
1: Yeah, body feels really good, actually. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty fast and physical, but in saying that, I probably didn't play a whole heap of footy in the probably like only 10, 10 to 12 games. So, you know, that's not a whole lot if you compare it to the, the UK, especially the UK, how many games they play. But, um, yeah, body body's all good.
0: That's good to hear. So before we get into the serious questions, growing up, what sports did you play and how did you end up playing rugby?
1: I uh, played a lot a lot of sports um, played as big cricketer, I played a lot a lot of cricket and didn't stop playing cricket till I was 17 uh, but cricket, soccer, swimming, touch football, um, did a bit of gymnastics in there. Uh, then obviously rugby union came a bit later when I joined up at Trinity Grammar School, but yeah played. Played a lot, a lot of sports growing up.
0: Awesome. Is there any party tricks from the gymnastics that you like to pull out every <laughs> nah. now and again?
1: <laughs> no, nah, not at all. I wasn't even that good. I just used mummy Mum used to make me, so... But, you know, it, it all adds to... It's, it's all useful in the end, I think, all mm. playing, playing all those sports. So it's
0: probably a good thing I did a lot of those sports. Yeah, 100%. It's just like all the athletes we talk to, it's the more exposure you can get to different sports, then you can use all those skills to then yeah. hone in on the main sport that you do decide yeah. to go down. So that's awesome. So yeah, you probably exactly probably um, are the kick, the break kick you are today because of the gymnastics. Who knows? You know?
1: Yeah, you never know. <laughs> Could be.
0: That's awesome. So this year has been a breakout year for you. What has allowed you to make the most of the opportunity with the Boratars here? year?
1: Um, I think it was just more so opportunity. Uh, last year, I probably wasn't quite ready to be given a starting role. and I just kind of bided my time and just tried to you know, get as good as I could each week. It was this year, I was given an opportunity and, and I knew that if I wanted to stay, I had to take it because we have some good fly halves at, at the Tars and... Not sure. I think you know. I work hard, I work quite hard every week to get myself in a position where I can play well, whether that be a club or or Super road. But I think the main thing is just opportunity, and then and then becoming comfortable in that in that situation. And last year, I was a young fella who's come into an environment that I probably wasn't used to in my first year of professional football. Whereas this year, I feel a lot more comfortable. And then especially playing 5'8", you need to be able to be comfortable in the environment because you're you know you kind of need to run the team around the park. So probably that and and, and just opportunity.
0: Mm, Awesome. How much has Shoot Shield um, taught you to become that professional rugby athlete?
1: Uh, A lot. I think me, so in in 2020, uh, Australian under-20s got cancelled, which meant I was able to play a full year of Shoot Shield, um, men's football, and I think it was massive for me, just in terms of physicality and being able to take those hits because um, it is a pretty big step up physicality-wise. I think it made my transition into Super Rugby a lot smoother. Um, whereas if I just kind of stayed in 20s and wasn't really used to men's football yet, it probably would have taken me a bit, bit longer. But shoot year was massive for me, having that one year, um, just to get the body you know, used to the, the contact and, and the speed and, and, and all that stuff. But I think it was pretty pivotal for me, yeah.
0: Awesome. Yeah, it's a great comp up there and it's just so physical as well just watching yeah. it online. So um Yeah. No, it's, it is it's definitely a great competition if you can get into it. Yeah. So let's go back uh, several weeks ago so you beat the Crusaders at home. What a, what a win that was. So can you describe that game to us and how you felt after the whistle blew?
1: Um I was just stoked to even be in that position to be honest in the first place. Um you know, looking up and seeing seeing David Havelian and, and, you know, those All Blacks and stuff, it was just like, wow. And then playing at Lycaud Oval for me, which was, a, I've spoken about the fair bit, obviously, Lycaud Oval was a place where I grew up, you know, playing and, and watching football and my dad obviously played there and then having my family there and then to win um, after the year we had last year. You know, as you could probably see that in that interview, I was probably a bit lost for words and I was exhausted um just because I was just like we were so close to winning and I just wanted to make sure we won and then it was just it was a weird feeling I was obviously super emotional exhausted and then just absolutely over the moon to to win in front of my family on that field and then also for the group of boys that we had after the year we had last year it was just kind of like a real massive moment Mm -hmm. you know not just for me but all, all the boys in the team
0: do you have to kind of pinch yourself sometimes when you see the likes of Will Jordan or Richie Malonga out there and just like, I saw yeah. you on TV, like yeah. now playing against you. It's crazy.
1: You, you, it's weird because when you, know, you probably think more about it before the game because when you're out there playing, you're just, you know, playing. You're just trying to do your job on the field, but you kind of think of it more beforehand and you, and you try not to think about it because at the end of the day, they are just human and you try mm-hmm. to, you know, not think about the opposition too much. But yeah, definitely leading into that week, you know, I saw the team has come out, and unfortunately, Richie didn't play in the game, which you know was good for our team because he's a freak. Um, but for me, it was I was a little bit disappointed because I just thought it would have been really cool
0: yeah.
1: um, to come up against him. But there were plenty of all lucks out there, and yeah, you definitely have to pinch yourself, especially after you just like fire out like that was really really cool for me, and I guess that's what it's all about. It's just getting those opportunities, and that's what you that's what you play the game for. It's mm. for those moments I guess yeah
0: that's awesome so what what do you think has been the main change in culture and environment from the Waratahs from last year to
1: this year um I think it correlates well with what I was saying for, for me personally with my break like having the year I had this year I think because we have such a young squad like it's just about being comfortable and um last year we were so so young a lot of us in our first year of footy and and then just having that extra, extra pre-season, you know, extra experience and having blokes like Hooper, uh, Jed Holloway, Ned Hannigan, those sort of blokes come back and bring that experience and then you add in what DC does with all his culture and, and how strong he is with all that. I think it all just culminated quite nicely. and But I think you could put it down to DC mostly. And, um, nothing really changed a whole lot in terms of our footy. Our defence really, really improved. Um, Jason Gilmore's an outstanding defensive coach and, and, and our defence was outstanding. Our attack last year was still really strong. We still used to score a lot of points. But then now DC just brought in a culture where we believe in each other and, and you've got to stick up for your mate. Um, you've got to be tough and you, you've got to show a lot of resilience. And I think he's done really well in doing that and bringing that into the group. Mm.
0: I always think about when I saw the episode, I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen Ted Lasso he, um, he I watched talks, it a little bit, yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty funny show. He talks yeah. about he talks to one kid about just having a memory of a goldfish. So, just because a goldfish mm-hmm. has a memory of ten seconds and then forget. Yeah. So, I think that's something that I sort of pride myself on, is trying to forget all the bad experiences, learn from them, but yeah. then move on. I think the Waratahs did that really well. Is you learned from that experience last year and you turned it around and then played some yeah. awesome footy this year. So it was really yeah. cool to see.
1: I think that's a that's a good point because it. Saying it's a lot easier than doing that mm. sort of, you know, staying in the moment, you know, just worrying about the next job. Cause that's something that, you know, I'm still trying to learn how to do and how you how to do that. Because you can it's easy saying it, but there's a probably a process that process that goes into it. But mm. I think that's a really good point and you know, you have to have a short memory because you're gonna make mistakes, you're going have bad days, you just gotta try and forget about them as best as possible. And I think once you've kind of mastered that then you're halfway there, I reckon, mm. but no, we're all still learning how to do it.
0: Yeah, totally. So you've been a part of the New South Wales Rugby Academy in the junior and senior level. Can you speak about how important strength and conditioning training has helped you become the super rugby athlete you are today?
1: Yeah, it's been massive, and especially in that academy stuff. I, I mean, I came in to the academy what, straight off the school, 2019, and... Um, Because the way the Academy works at the TARS is we don't really play any games. It's kind of just bring, they bring in a group of 20, 25 people. um, And all we really do is strength and conditioning. And that's what the whole point is to just get you in a condition where you're going to perform and get yourself ready for men's footy. And it was massive for me. Like those two years for my strength and conditioning were vital. Um, Coming straight out of school, um, you know, we used to do, you know, big gym sessions, big running sessions, a um, bit of skills as well. But yeah, it's been massive. I can probably say that I'm not quite where I want to be yet. In terms of my strength conditioning, I've still got a long, long way to go. But I think in terms of just that, even having that extra size um, can make all the difference because I came out of school, you know, I worked hard in school to put weight on um, and it, it was massive for me in terms of being able to take those hits because if you're, you know, being five to ten kilos heavier, it makes a big difference. Mm. Um, and I also did a stint in Aussie Sevens as well, where I was doing Sevens and Fifteens uh, Academy, and I think that really set me up nicely as well because I was my body was, you know, I was being put through a fair bit, and it became pretty resilient because um, I was doing this, the running in the Sevens, um, and then doing the you know same stuff with the Fifteens Academy. So I was doing a lot of big workload. And I can say it right now, I think it paid dividends, you know, in terms of my body being able to be resilient, um, especially, yeah. Uh,
0: awesome. So what are the main things you've learned through strength and conditioning in your rugby career?
1: Um, I think there's no easy way to do it. You can't shortcut it. Um, you know, you have to do all the reps. You have to push yourself with the weight. That's the only way that you're going to get results because if you shortcut it, you know, nothing's going to happen. Um. For me, but I've also learned that, you know, you got to try and make it specific. It's all well and good doing, you know, beach weights to get yourself a bit bigger or, or what it may be, but you, you want it to be specific to your position, you know, you know the style of football you're playing. And, and I think it's a good thing if you can question your s and and be like, okay, I'm doing this, but how is this, you know, helping me? Um, and obviously if you're, you know, at the TARS, we have some really good S&Cs and and they are putting out some really good programs, but, you want to try and make it specific, and you know I'd kind of like to refer to like someone like Tom Brady, where you watch him, and he's just doing stuff that is only going to make him a better quarterback. That's the only thing he does. So I kind of took a leaf out of his book because I was doing a lot of you know extra hypertrophy, which is all well and good, but how am I you know making sure that my shoulders aren't going to you know be in trouble or my ankles? How how strong are my ankles, and how am I going to you know stop myself from getting injured? So. I kind of tried to put more emphasis on that um, sort of durability and prehab and rehab um, stuff, especially, but yeah, how, you know, probably that's the main lesson is how, how is this specific to me, what I'm doing?
0: Mm, no, that's <laughs> awesome. So referencing Tom Brady, do you follow an NFL team over there in the States?
1: No, I'm, wow. I'm not a big fan of American sport. to be honest. I, I really like the stories behind it. And I like to learn about, you know, LeBron James and you know what he does and, Tom Brady and I'm really interested in the, the individual stories, but I'm not a big follower of the, of the, those American sports. It's a bit too much carry on for me.
0: That's nah, all good. All good. Yeah. Just, just a question I'll put out there. And if anyone who doesn't know me, I'm a massive uh, Seattle Seahawks fan. That's, that's my really? team. Yeah. Big fan. <laughs> so what advice do you have for those athletes wanting to get into those academy settings? And once they're in the academy settings, how do they stay there?
1: Um, in, in, in New South Wales especially, it's pretty, I think it's pretty handy if you can get yourself into those schoolboy rep teams. And I think it's probably something that you know, New South Wales rugby can do better is making sure that blokes who don't make those schoolboy rugby teams, making sure there's a pathway for them to get into those academies because you know, luckily for me, I was extremely lucky that I went to a private school, um, Trinity Grammar School. And then, you know, was lucky enough in year 12 to kind of peak at the right time and make some some important rep teams. Um, but for blokes who miss out, like how are they going to, you know, get into the academy? And I think probably the most, the advice I can give is it's not the be all or end all if you don't make it in school boys. If you can get yourself into a first grade, shoot shield team, like you, you, you're going to do well. If you're playing well, you're going to get noticed and then you get yourself brought in or even first cults, um, but just know that it's not the be all and all. Like you can, you can get there if you work hard enough. And it sounds cliche, but if you can get yourself into a first Colts or first grade shoot shield, then you know you can do it. It can happen if you're playing good footy. But you need to be playing good footy. Hmm. Um, but I think that's probably the biggest advice is just don't give up too early because you know hmm. it can still happen for you. Yeah,
0: totally. And there's there's plenty of good s coaches and rugby coaches out there to, to help you with your development. If you don't make it into one of those um, yeah. academies and yeah, just like you said, don't give up too early. Yeah. Um, Scott Fardy comes to mind for me or, or Cater or Neville, to be honest, they're coming to the back end of their careers and Cater um, Neville just got selected in the Wallabies and Scott Fardy didn't get selected till he was around like 28. So he left it yeah. sort of quite late, but he made those strides. So yeah, if you can get those foundationals, get some good coaching, then who knows what's going to happen.
1: Well, if you look at um, Charlie Gamble, he, mm. he was a bit of a star in schoolboys in New Zealand um, and through the 20s. And then he kind of went down a different road, um, moved to Australia and wasn't even thinking about playing rugby. Started playing subbies rugby just for fun, um, killed it, and then started playing first grade for east, Eastern Suburbs. Killed it, got noticed. And then he played his first Super Rugby game, you know, I don't know, 25, 24. You know, now he's killing it at 26, 27. So mm. you know, there's different ways of doing it. And the easiest way is probably to try and get yourself into some schoolboy teams, but it's definitely not the end of it if, if you haven't mm. made it.
0: No, it's a great story. Yeah. So what does your current strength and conditioning program look like now post-style Super Rugby?
1: Um, I think because our... Athletic performance guy, Nick Lumley, he came a bit late into the pre-season, so we probably didn't get the stuff done that he wanted us to get done in that short amount of time. So now I think there's going to be a massive emphasis on uh, speed, you know, acceleration, um, and then obviously just getting stronger. Now is a really good time when you kind of – you've got a bit more extra time to get yourself strong and, and, and fit and, and fast – and then when you get into pre-season, you're hitting the ground running, and you're really going hard there. So there's a lot. There's been a lot of uh, squatting since Lumley's come in. A lot of back squat, um, and but now I think he's keen to do a lot of speed and and, and stuff because it's hard to get that done during the season because there's so many so much data and so many you know budgets on running like how far we can run, how fast we can run. So now I think he's going to have a lot more freedom for us to do a lot more speed work and and Accel work, which is really good because that's something that I need to work on (laughs) a lot.
0: Hi, everyone. We just wanted to take a break from this episode. We hope you're enjoying this episode so far and also all the content we have produced. We appreciate all the support from our listeners and followers so far. If you haven't already, sign up to Elite Rugby SNC newsletter today. We provide you a free exclusive content each and every single week to our subscribers link in the bio remember to like subscribe and share elite rugby snc on social media to all your friends and families so thanks again for your support and now back to the episode oh, that's awesome so being a, a back i'm a I, I was a forward so i don't know but w- what are the key attributes you think all number 10s should have um to be the best that they can be
1: um it's a bit, it's a bit weird for me to talk about this stuff because i'm still young and definitely not a finished product by any means at all. I've got a lot of work to do myself, but something I've learned is um, it probably happens. Most of it's upstairs, I think, in your, in your head. Um, if you can manage a game and, and manage a team and, and communicate really effectively. And, and and at the end of the day, if you're a five eight and your team's winning, you're doing a your job. I think um, all the best 5'8s in the world, you know, Carter, Wilkinson, their teams are winning because um, you can be playing the house then but if your teams't winning then you know no one really really cares so I think if you can be a 58 and put your team in a position to win games that is the most important thing um, whether it be field position you know, tactical kicking you know whatever it may be and then maybe just and then some advice is figuring out you know the style of play that you want to be and not kind of wavering from it and it's easy to sit here and say you know I want to play like Richie Moonga. But, you know, what's he got? He's got an unreal running game. His acceleration is ridiculous. You know, that's the kind of stuff that I probably don't have. But, you know, where else am I going to, you know, play well? So for me, I like to, you know, run the ball. Um, I like to take on the line. I like to play, you know, play footy um, and then, you know, kick well and stuff like that. But figuring out what style of play you are and then building on that. And you can, of course, work on other parts of your game where you can try and bring those up to a good level as well. But, I think comparing yourself to, to other players is not detrimental, but probably not the best thing, you know, for me, i especially learned that this year is, you know, I'm not going to be like Richie and I'm not going to be like, Bone Bar- I don't have that sort of speed or all that stuff, but how else am I going to have my impact on the game? And, you know, that's something that I'm still learning because I'm only 21. So I'm constantly trying to learn how, how I'm going to be better. And then obviously the ability to park park stuff and you make mistakes, you know, if you make a mistake, you got to be able to forget about it. Cause as a five, eight, you're going to, you get your hands on the ball more than anyone else really. Um, So there's a few things there, but the main thing is probably just put your team in a position to win games, you know? So that means you need to know the game plan back to front, um, you know, all the detail and you need to communicate effectively. And then after that is just knowing your style and not wavering from that and keep them to keep building on that style and not to try not to compare yourself to, um, other players, I think. Mm,
0: no, that's awesome. And yeah, you can sort of forget about yourself if you're continuing to focus on other players. And yeah. just like you said, if you, if you can take specific parts of their game and try and put your yeah. own, I know, sort of swagger on no, it exactly, yeah. or, or special sauce that can make it yeah. um, so much better for you instead of like completely, putting everything to the side and then trying something yeah completely different. So yeah, no, um, exactly. That, that's awesome advice. So continuing on the advice train, how do you manage your body week to week and w- what advice do you have for people on that to be able to perform week in and week out?
1: Um, again, something that I've learned this year is everyone's really different with how they get themselves ready for games. And, and for me, I'm pretty regimented and intense with how I prepare myself and, I look at it as if I, I'm 21 years old. My body's still quite fresh. You know, I'm doing a lot of extra work during the week to try and get myself better. Where do you look at someone like Michael Hooper? He already knows what he needs to do to make himself tick on the weekend. And that might look like less than what I'm doing, but he's done the work through his you know, younger years. He knows now exactly what he needs to do. Um, but for me, I'm pretty regimented. I have a weekly plan that I like to you know, tick stuff off every single day that I'm doing. Um, and I'm, and I've been doing quite a lot of extra work, um, you know, every day trying to just get better. And I feel like I can do that because I'm young um, and i you know, my body's probably a lot fresher than a few of the older boys. So I'm able to do that. Um, but yeah, everyone's different with how they you know, make themselves tick. And on the weekend you got to be peak, you got to be ready to go. So if you're finding that you might be doing too much work during the week, and I'm still fiddling with my you know, preparation, um, you know, if I'm doing too much or too little or too much of this or too much of that. Um, but everyone's different. So if you can find, you know, on the weekend, I felt really good on the weekend, I played really well. Okay, what did I do during the week? You know, how am I going to replicate that now every week? Or I felt terrible, um, I felt, you know, too tired or I, I ate this or I, you know, did extra of this. You know, how am I going to change that next week to make myself feel better on the weekend? So it's a bit of trial and error and I'm still definitely trialing um, with it. But yeah, you just need to find what works for you. It's very individual preparation. Mm. You know, some blokes can not do, you know, much at all during the week and come out and kill it on the weekend. Mm. Um, you know, I don't know how those blokes do it to be honest, <laughs> but because I'm very different. But yeah, you no, know, I think that's probably the advice is everyone's different. How what are you doing to get yourself to peak performance on the weekend? Mm. And that looks different for everyone. So yeah, that's probably. That's some great advice there. Yeah.
0: So, so when you do get to game day, what's your game day routine? Is there any sort of superstitions that you like to do or is a certain song you got to listen to?
1: Um, I try to avoid superstition because I feel like it and it makes things a bit difficult when you can't do those things, but I definitely have a routine, um, you know, I think I'm a very routine-based person. You know, every day I like to have a routine. Um, but game day for me is normally like, you know, wake up, you know, go have your brekkie. you prioritize sleep is what I, I like to prioritise sleep. So I'll sleep in for as long as I can, get up, have, have brekkie. But then we normally go on a team walk. Um, I'll come back, try and have a swim, uh, get the body moving a little bit. And then I'll try and have a nap somewhere in there. And then you have all your, your, your nutrition is really important, which, you know, the TARS obviously set out for us. So that's quite easy. If, if you're a club player, it might be a bit more difficult to get the nutrition in you need to. So you've got to try and prioritise that. But And then, you know, you just got your beatings and then you're strapping. And then you get to the game. I have one song I like to listen to. That's um right here, right now by Fatboy Slim. Okay. And, I, you know, as you said before, it's important to stay in the moment. So I like to kind of get myself in that right here, right now sort of mindset is if I make a mistake, forget about it, just staying in that moment. So I like to listen to that beforehand, but I try to avoid superstition. <laughs> but that might sound like a superstition in itself, listening to that song, but nice. um, I guess, yeah, again, routine's different you know, for yeah. everyone, but I think it's important to have a routine because it gets you in a mindset ready to play. Because mm. if your body's, if you're doing something the same every game day, your body's now putting your body's now going all right it's game day so now it's time to switch on whereas if you didn't have a routine that was different every week and you might find it hard to get yourself up for the weekend
0: mm-hmm. Man, i love that that's a, it's really good to have a, a good song to go to just I know, yeah just sw- sw- switches you on and gets you yeah. in that moment but also yeah just allows you to just relax a bit and just yeah just observe what's going on and yeah just like you said enjoy the moment be present and then go out there yeah. do the best you can
1: definitely, Man, definitely. that's awesome
0: I always used to like having some good pump up songs, but then then a song to bring me back down as well. Yeah. If I was too pumped, then I don't know I just wasn't ready to go out there and play. So I like to have songs to bring me up, bring me yeah. back down, up and down. It's,
1: it's funny because it's different for probably each position as well. Because as a forward, you're probably more you probably more inclined to pump yourself up. Yeah. <laughs> as a 5'8", eight, I'm, I'm trying to stay. I try to stay pretty calm, and and it's all about saving emotional energy as well. Like you don't want to. Mm. I've learned, especially this year, is you, you don't want to peak early emotionally. And so on the, in the bust of the game, I'm just listening to pretty relaxed music. Try not to think about the game too much. And then once you get into the change rooms and you can start slowly building um, to make sure you're, you're ready to go once you run out. But mm. saving emotional energy is probably really important as well. You don't want to burn yourself out before you've even played the game.
0: Yeah, totally. So who would you say is the best teammate to room with? And who is the worst teammate to room with? The person you're just like nah, i'm not rooming them um
1: i've only ever had like two or three roommates from the tars and they've all they've you know all been really good i had jack grant a lot last year and me and him are very close so that was always great he's a real cool character and then this year i had mark nawakonitawazi um the fijian fly i had him and me and him have known each other since we were like six or seven years old so that's always really good as well and it's funny to see the, the differing in, in routines and stuff because he's very like relaxed and kind of does his own thing. Um, I haven't really had a bad one, but I know Lalakai Fichetti is a big snorer. <laughs> I, have he- I have heard that. Lalakai Fichetti is a big sm- snorer. And Jed Holloway, I think, is a bit of a messy bloke as well. So yeah. those two maybe try try and avoid them, but I've only ever had good ones in, in, in Jack Grant and Marky Mark, so I can't complain about them. Oh, that's good. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> so we do have a fan question from uh, Shane Woolcock. So he's uh, a 15 down here. Um, he plays at St. Eddie's and also in the Brumbies Academy system. Yeah. So he, he wants to know more about what your process is um, for doing a conversion or a penalty goal during the game. And how do you manage dealing with being out of breath? Because you, a lot of the times you're just done a massive mm-hmm. sprint and then have to go kick. And how do you also keep out the head noise as well when you're kicking?
1: It's a good question. Um, and I think the first thing is you have to have a process that you do every single time you goal kick, and you know, again, everyone's process is going to be different, and my one's is my process is very, you know, quite detailed, and you know, this many steps back, this many steps this way. Okay, look at the like whatever it may be, look at the ball, breath. Um, so you got to find a process that you can replicate exactly the same every single time because again that puts yourself in the mindset to, to goal kick and and kick the ball well um so that's probably the first thing I'd say as a goal kicker is find your process find what works for you and stick to it um dealing without a breath oh, I feel like by the time you, you get the ball on the tee you're not I found that I haven't I'm not too tired and it's probably a good idea to put some big breaths in your process and really stand tall and, and suck them in and but don't make sure you do that before you start your process because if it's not within your process then they might stuff you around so if your process already has big breaths in it then that's sweet if you want to get your breath back you can take your time as well you know there's not many referees who are going to pull you up for going overtime. i, I found so you can always take that extra little bit of time and then the the head noise is <sighs> something that I'm still learning and I think in that last Chiefs game, I didn't kick necessarily well and I think I, that head noise probably got to me a little bit and I think that's something that comes with experience. But I think you got to bring it back to your process. If you you can do the same thing every single time, then you're not really going to be thinking about what's happening outside. You're just thinking about, all right, this is my job. So if you're not – and you, I don't think you can think about the outcome either. you just got to think about – Okay, my next job within this process, you know, four steps back, four steps to the side. Okay, look at the ball, look up at the post, my target, blah, blah, blah. Um, and something that I find useful for me, you know, it might not work for everyone, but I have a few words that I like to say. Everyone, everyone's always asking me what I say to myself and I like to keep that personal to myself. But if you can find a few trigger words, like technically, like, you know, with leg swing to the right post or, you know, follow through towards your target, you know, big breath, stay tall, you know, a few trigger words that can get your mindset in the right place before you goal kick and get yourself ready to go is, is really handy. I found because if you're thinking about that, then you're not really thinking about you know, the crowd. Mm. God, you know, which is something I found playing against the Chiefs. The crowd is really loud, mm. so it was those hard. Cow, for that, those cowbells. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the crowd are really loud, and so if you can just you know immerse yourself into that process, you're not going to think about the outside noise and you're not going to think about the other stuff. You're just going to go okay. This is what I'm doing, you know. This is how I'm gonna get this ball through the post. So mm. that's probably my advice. It's a very process and it needs to be the same every mm. single time.
0: I think it's a great feeling as well when you see a goal kicker, like the, the sideline, they're just yelling at you, saying yeah. all these all these words and you're just focused and then they slot it through. Like Noah's done yeah. it a couple of times for the Brands yeah. this year where he's kicked it and he's turned around just give him a little wink, you know. Yeah, like it m- must, that- must be a good I- feeling.
1: I did that against the, my first goal kick against the Chiefs. I, I smacked it from the sideline and <laughs> I gave the crowd a little look, but I don't, wish I didn't do it now because that just showed them that they were, they were in my head a little bit. Yeah, you know what I mean? Okay. I think, I don't know, I, I'm, I think you got to try and avoid that. And I, I, I look back at it now, I'm like, maybe they were in my head because I gave them a look. Like, you know, if I just went bang and just gone on to the next job, then
0: mm. I
1: probably would have kicked better. But the fact that I gave them the time of day, You know, might have suggested that they might have been in my head a little bit. So that's something that I learned recently. Maybe just keep it to yourself. But Mm. everyone's different. You know, people, Noah seems like he might thrive on, you know, that sort of stuff and might really enjoy being, you know, the villain when he's playing away or or whatever it is. And, you know, someone like Michael Jordan who used to love that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, Whereas everyone's different on how that what makes them perform. Mm. Whereas I'm someone who probably just likes to, you know, just get on with the job. So again, it's different.
0: Yeah. Have you always um, kicked with the low tee as well throughout your whole career?
1: No, that was quite recent, actually. I, I played at Ramwick in 2019 um, for Colts and I was playing at Coogee Oval and it was very windy and I found that I was kicking off a higher tee and I found that I was putting too much energy up through the ball, not really through the ball. It was going too high. So I just made the change and just tested it out and I really liked it and haven't really looked back since. Yeah, I just found that I was kicking them way too high off the high tee, so I just changed and I really okay. like it now.
0: It's interesting. I guess it's also you don't have to rely on someone putting their finger on the ball as well if it's yeah. too windy. So yeah,
1: exactly, and and it's always nice because you Dan Carter and Wilkinson they'll yeah. just kick up a little one, so that's nice as well.
0: Mm, that's awesome. So thanks for joining us today, team. It's it's it's, no it's been great to get a, a really good perspective on the game and how you're process driven and trying to be the best that you can be from such a young age as well so it's been awesome i know the the listeners will get a lot out of this and um all, all the best for the rest of the year and hopefully you get a, a call up to, to the wallaby squad uh, very soon if, if not this year then obviously it's, it's going to be coming next year and just do the best that you can and um yeah we're definitely going to be watching and paying close attention
1: to you so thanks again for, for joining us today uh, thanks for having me i really enjoyed it as well cheers
0: so thanks for tuning in to another episode of Elite Rugby s Podcast. Remember to like, subscribe, and rate Elite Rugby s on Spotify, YouTube, and follow us on Instagram. Sign up to Become a Beast today via the link in the description or via Instagram page. Also, sign up to our newsletter and receive free bonus content each and every single week. So don't wait, make that good decision and join Elite Rugby s today and take your game to the next level. <laughs>